today on The Breakdown. It's a special holiday edition of The Breakdown because we are in between Hanukkah, Christmas, and, of course, New Year's. You can't really be in between three things, but somehow we're doing it, people. And, uh, and this special holiday edition has a hand that is just dripping with the Christmas spirit. <laughs> it's a cash game hand. Antonio Asfandiari, maybe you've heard of him. He goes up against Ben Lamb in a hand where, well, let me start by saying this. They, are, they have a lot of money in front of them, like a lot of money. Like Antonio's got $200,000 cash money in front of him. Ben Lamb has well over hundred k in front of him. And they're going to play a pot, which is going to involve tears, gifts, possible Rudolph signing. <laughs> I don't know. Lots of crazy things, but uh, someone's going to be a little bit unhappy with what was left under the tree for them. <laughs> We're going to get to it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. At the risk of, of really making the public hate me. Here we go. I want to see if this limb that I go out on is okay. There's only one way to find out. And I want to find out what your reaction okay. is, too. And this is... I, I regret already what I'm about to say. <laughs> Great. But among the known reindeer with names, Rudolph is by far the most overrated. That's insane. I said it. <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, we're talking about relative to how good they actually are, how they're rated. Like, who's the second best rated reindeer? Like, Dancer? It's blitzing in it by a mile and a half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so hear me out. Okay. Rudolph is just deformed. And everybody's like, this guy's amazing, right? Well, let's be careful how we talk about our uh, okay. differently abled reindeer. I, what I mean is he has a a difference in his appearance <laughs> that makes it so Santa can see him or who can see him? I don't remember. No, he lit the way. Oh, so he you don't even way. know what happened. First of all, he did it all by himself and he lit the way without, without him. They're nothing. The, the ch- children all over the world would not have gotten presents that year. Okay. Christmas would have been canceled, but Rudolph's overrated, apparently. Does he deserve so much praise based on a physical attribute that he had no control over? I mean, you could say the same about Will Chamberlain. I mean, a lot of people think Bill Russell was better. So Right, but a lot of people... No one would argue that Will Chamberlain wasn't a Hall of Famer. And don't I would t- argue that. That's my second <laughs> bad take of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a little weird that it was red. I, I don't know why. It could have just been the, the, the illuminated nose reindeer. You know, that would have been fine. But red nose reindeer sounds better. Um, it does. It, it, it sort of... It's got a little bit more choreography to it, doesn't it? That must have been before the red scare that they came up with that. In America. Uh, yeah, probably. Although, <laughs> I, mean, it's a, I assume it's a pretty old song. Yeah, right? yeah. Probably. Like, probably like the, the 1800s that's or my, something. That's my educated reindeer take. Maybe educated. it's not about maybe it's not about how overrated Rudolph is, but how underrated are all the other reindeer who also fly? The only difference mm. is their noses don't light up. Well, I mean. They understand English and they fly <laughs> and they take direction very well. Um, yeah, they also bully. If you recall, remember they bullied Rudolph the whole time, and then it turns out not Blitzen. They, Blitzen didn't do that. Blitzen, Blitzen, Blitzen was kind of like the cool kid who everybody knew was cool, but he also was friends with Rudolph because uh, he was like, "No, you can sit at my lunch table, Rudolph." Blitzen let it happen. <laughs> okay. Blitzen, but less than less than say Prancer did. Okay, fine. Prancer was leading the charge, but you just stand there when you're Blitzen and you let it happen. That's almost as bad, you know, because with one. Freaking word. He could have shut that down, but he, he's worried about his place in the tribe now. I mean... It's questionable. Prancer is not, like, nothing. Like, Prancer has power. You have to be careful if you're Blitzen. If you want Dancer to be on your side in future conflicts, you got to make sure Prancer's happy. And Blitzen is well aware that Dancer's a little bit younger than everybody else, has a little more gas in the tank, and is going to be useful years down the line. You know, you got to plan ahead if you're Blitzen. If you're Rudolph, you're just like, I got a light nose. Bleh! No one likes me. Yeah, yeah Blitzen's like game theory optimal reindeer figuring shit out years down the line. How dare you say that Rudolph is better than Blitzen? I didn't say that. We're I mean, you implied over- it. <laughs> well, I mean, he clearly is. He lit. The thing is this magical reindeer that can fly. Cool. Guess what? It's often snowing and dark on Christmas. All right. 
Who's, you need someone to light the way. See, you're you're basing it on one attribute. Let's let's use a football analogy, okay? Yeah. Jamarcus Russell could throw the football end zone to end zone. Peyton Manning could maybe throw a football eight yards. Who was a better quarterback? <laughs> Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you're doing it wrong though when you're doing when you're trying to go with the sports analogy. It's more like um, Carl Lewis could you know high jump or long jump you know forty two feet you know. yeah that's pretty good that's one really impressive attribute and thus he was the best at it the end like that's what makes you the best is you're really good you have one great attribute why is that no because no because his competition was how far can you jump rudolph is not in a how light is your nose competition oh really at night night when it's snowing we're talking about the whole reindeer not only how light your nose is, which Rudolph clearly has an edge. I'll oh, give you that big edge, but how strong of a flyer are you? Do you think Rudolph is a stronger flyer than, than Blitzen, let alone any of the other reindeer, by the way, the answer is no, <laughs> no, of course he's clear. not. No, of course he's not. getting carried by those motherfuckers. I'll give you that. I'll you, give you, you that. know that I'm giving it to you. How about personality? You think Rudolph is fun? Hell no, Rudolph's not fun. That's a little bit unfair, though. Rudolph's been beaten down for years psychologically by these other 11 reindeer. And because Rudolph, weaker muscularly than the other reindeer, does not make as good of venison jerky when it's all over. I mean, from Rudolph's point of view, that is an advantage, though, right? We're talking about it from our point of view. This is a poker point of view. (laughs) He gets to live longer as a result, doesn't he? No, because he's too weak to survive. You have to take dancer like at pretty much the uh, the, the athletic prime because that's when the jerky is going to be the the, the well, saltiest. yeah, because that's only because dancer clearly makes the best jerky of them all. So it's the most worth it to get the the most prime jerky. That's dancer's best attribute. We're not saying dancer's the best reindeer because dancer makes the best jerky. We're saying Rudolph's <laughs> the best reindeer because Rudolph has the reddest, lightest nose. He does. He still is a magical reindeer, and he can also light the way at a time when you could really use it. It's it's like saying what I'm going to do is once a year, every year, <laughs> I'm going to drive around the world at night and I'm going to try and stop at every single person's home. Okay. That's the plan. And I'm going to do it all in one night. And you know what I'm else? But just to make it a little harder, I'm going to do it with my eyes closed. That's what you're talking about without Rudolph there. You're doing it with your eyes closed. All right. I why, think I, I, think I convinced a few people. That's all. <laughs> that's all. If you, if you, one person changed their mind, it was you all. Got right any, you got any unpopular New Year's takes? Because that was my bad Christmas. Um, yeah, I got one. Okay. I got one. Everyone's like, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. Yeah. I wish it would stick around. (laughs) Okay. Continue. Please explain why. Everyone's saying, I don't know why. Everyone's like 2020, 2020. I hate it. You know what? 2020 has been great for some people. (laughs) A very select few perhaps, but I'm also not so sure about 2021. Who knows? You know, we're just assuming it's going to get better. Maybe it isn't, Grant. Maybe it's going to get a little bit darker, a little bit worse, and nothing's going to light Everybody our way. Everybody loves hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's hard, hard to come up with a way to defend this position, yeah. so I'm, like, I'm flailing about a little bit here. That's fair. Yeah. So I was also like, I didn't even really like saying, like, it was good for some people. It felt weird because, you know, it was actually such an awful year for so many people that it's really... Here's my actual New Year's take. Okay. This is an actual unpopular <laughs> New Year's take. Great. Stop making New Year's resolutions. It's fucking stupid. Nobody ever does anything. Like, don't join a gym and and have to lo- be locked up for six months when you're going to go for the first ten days of January. Don't do that. It's a that's a mistake. You're so edgy. Come on. It's like that, uh, welcome to 1984 talk radio. Thanks. Rant. That would be a great place to be. They got probably got paid pretty well back then. I mean, I don't know. I feel like the sweet spot was like 1995. You're like all the money, Howard all the Stern. money was in the nineties. What you're just thinking about Howard Stern. That's exactly what I was thinking of that yeah. movie. Private parts, you know, surprisingly good. Really? I never saw it. Actually. Yes. Huh. Really? Okay. Really, quite good. Shocking in all the best ways. Like that dude was, I mean, it's it, the movie's made to make him look good, but it's amazing. The things that he would actually do. Not always. It doesn't always make him look good either. Like, cause he would just talk about whatever was going on in his life, no matter what. And so like, you know, if his, like his wife had a miscarriage and he like was making jokes about it the next day and the radio like Jeez. for everyone to hear. And like, it was a big problem, you know, like stuff like that. Like he just like let himself go a hundred percent the whole way, at least according to the movie. And it's, it's a very entertaining movie with Paul Giamatti as a, a career making turn as the character known as pig vomit. Huh? I'm not even kidding about that. I All do, those things are true. I do enjoy me some Paul Giamatti, but who doesn't? He is. Qu- it's a pretty great role for him. Anyway, yeah. What is a bad role for Paul Giamatti? 
Maybe Darth Vader. I was going to say like uh, like Hawkeye. Like any role <laughs> the rock plays. <laughs> <laughs> Anything where, you know, you need to have muscles is yeah. pretty bad for Paul Giamatti, I would say. Okay, fine, fine. But he's good in a lot of different spots. Yeah. You can plug him in. He's like Clay Thompson. You just plug him in. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to deliver. He's going to tear his Achilles, but he'll be fine. Paul Giamatti. All right. Maybe we should talk about this. Let's do it. Hand. So this is Poker After Dark, not high stakes poker, which has come back. And we will, I'm sure, eventually do some high stakes poker hands. I'm sure. But this is Poker After Dark uh, on Poker Go. And it was suggested by Owen Abma. Of course, Owen suggested this on Twitter. We are the poker guys on Twitter. He included a YouTube link. There was a YouTube link to this, even though it's a Poker Go hand. I guess they thought it was cool enough. They wanted to let everybody, even the plebes, see it. But usually there's a paywall for Poker Go. If you have Poker Go and you want to suggest there, you can suggest there as well. Just tell us what time it is in the episode. Of course, we always want to hear your suggestions. Mm. Uh, so yeah, good job, Owen. This is Owen, the second suggestion that got in in the recent months. He also suggested, what are we? He's, oh, uh, that online hand between Max Hendricks and Kowalski one, if you remember that one. Nope. It was the, uh, <laughs> eh, don't worry about it. Okay. It was a good, it was a good one. We do a lot of hands. Can't yeah. remember them all. So good job, Owen. And uh, let's talk about these very famous players, which you got yeah. a little bit mad at the audience for fake not knowing who Antonio Esfandiari was at the beginning. You were like, you might have heard of him. You were all <laughs> upset at those few audience members. They made like made... a slightly like confused face, and I was annoyed. Yeah. That's so, the live audience. We know who that guy honestly. is. Yeah. Probably all the audience knows who Ben Lamb is, though, but maybe like 10% don't know who Ben Lamb is, right? Also a very successful player. I don't know. If you're newer to poker and you're just getting into it, even if you're like diving in pretty deep, you might not know who Ben Lamb is. Yeah. Like he was like had a big run like the twenty twelve or twenty eleven WSOP, right? He had another deep run recently too, maybe twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. He was player of the year that one year though that I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, he had a really big World Series of Poker, but he's actually yeah. a cash game player and only plays World Series of Poker for tournaments. Oh yeah. So that's pretty impressive that he's done so well in tournaments. Agreed. For that. Agreed. Um so yeah, those are the players that were involved here. And this is a big game. There's a sixteen hundred dollar straddle on. So that means it's a four hundred, eight hundred dollar game. It's going to fold to Antonio in the cutoff with 8-4 of hearts. He's going to open to 4,200 with 200K in front of him. Okay. Do you think this is a little spewy with the straddle on? Um, yes, I do. Uh, I think part of it depends on who's in the straddle. But if, you, if it's a player you want to play against, even yeah. so, this feels a little spewy I mean, with 8-4 of hearts. Just rather, I'd rather wait. It's not all about playing post flop against the players you want to play against. Like you want to have a hand that can actually win. <laughs> I agree, but there are some people you just feel like they're so easy to play against that you're just like, I just want to play in position, deep stacked, and like play as many hands as possible. Yeah. And so it's like this is barely good enough. Like it's not impossible. I'm not saying that's what's going on here. I don't know who's in the who's in the. I don't either. Battle and uh, it's probably not a super easy person because it's a big game on TV. You know, I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's just they had the silly person. bands guy on high stakes. Yeah, poker, you know, you're right. right. If it, I mean, there's a lot of guys who'd be like, Bill Perkins is in the big blind. Of course, I'm raising yeah. his big blind just so I can play a pot with him, and I'm going to lose a lot of small pots to him. I'm going to win a few really big pots. Right? I mean, maybe 200, 400, or 400, 800. Maybe that's no longer a big enough game that you need some whales to make it come together. But usually, there are some easy players in a game that big. I think you almost always need some whales to make these things come together. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Anyway, not a whale, a lamb. Oh, oh, he's on Antonio's left. That was so good. Benjamin Lamb on the button with 132K in front of him has Jack 10 of diamonds. Do you prefer a call or a three bet in this spot against this player? I mostly prefer a call on the button with Jack 10 of diamonds because it's the best place to have it. And I want to be it's the deeper. best place to have all hands. In fact, that's true. But th- this hand plays especially well in position where, you know, draws and things like that. Um, one of the big problems with playing draws out of position is when you get there, it's incredibly hard to extract value if yeah. you don't already have the initiative. Um, but when you're in position and on the button, you all, you'll always have position against everyone. Extracting value is much easier because the, the bad card comes in, they check, you bet, you know, now what? Now they, now it's different than if you lead or they, you check and then they just check right back because now they can't beat a bunch of your hands, right? Um, so it's so I, I mostly prefer a call here with a hand that flops so well with the button in front of us um, this deep against this player. You know, it, to me, it just seems like it, like I want to be deeper with yeah, a hand like this. I would default towards that as well. But, you know, Antonio is a tough post-flop player. Yes. He if he's been opening a ton, this is a hand that if we 
get called when we three bet, it's like we it plays pretty well in position anyway. Yeah. And that's okay, even though stack to pop becomes a bit of an issue. But Antonio tends to open a lot as we see he's opening eight four of hearts. Yeah. We would love just to take the pot down preflop anyway. And if there's a large chance for that based on Antonio's range, I'd prefer a three bet. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. And this is a good hand actually to put into your bluffing range for three bets because it, it flops so well when called. Yeah. Right. So that's pretty cool. That's what Ben Lamb's going to do, but he does something strange, and I think Jonathan's going to get mad about it. And the hand like Jack 10 of Diamonds, a big reason that I might prefer a three bet against Antonio is because of the fold equity you generate. You yeah. don't only have the value of the hand, but you also sometimes get to fold out Antonio preflop, and you win like $7,000 in the pot right now. Sounds great. Yeah. But Ben Lamb, three bets to 10000 over 4200 He's folding out maybe literally none of Antonio's range, right? I mean, unless Antonio is opening 100% of the time in this spot or nearly, not maybe not 100%, but some ridiculously high percentage from the, uh, where is he, the cutoff, from the cutoff. If he's opening something like 80% from the cutoff, I guess we're going to fold out some of his range anyway, right? But if we assume he's opening more like 40%, 30%, I don't know that we're folding out anything at all. Like 8-4 hearts can't really fold for this price right i mean he's gonna have to call 5800 to win like seventeen thousand. and they're like a hundred and freaking 20k back like yeah you just have to put the money and you're like you even i mean you just have to do it i think all right so ben lamb's a really good player I mean, you don't have to but you're likely to do it especially when you're antonio Ben Lamb's a really Ben Lamb's a really good player and yes. a cash game specialist. So, what are some potential justifications for choosing to size it in a way that's almost guaranteed to to get action? Uh, the best thing I can come up with is he's just like this is his three bet size, and so he's doing this with aces, and so he's also doing it with jack ten. I would think though that you default the other way, you make it bigger with jack ten, and then you make it bigger with aces, especially like if you, you want to three bet a decent amount and, right. and take it down in a decent amount of the time. Is it possible he's not three betting Antonio much? Although you think cut off and button Antonio, like you'd be three betting him a lot, especially with the straddle in there. Like it doesn't matter how often he's three betting him; he still prefers to have fold equity, right? Of course, but I'm saying if he's not three betting him much, that means he's got a much stronger range, so then he can three bet smaller as a result. I mean, that all makes sense when you say it in that order. Yeah. Those words said in that order make sense. Still, Antonio is folding none of his hands, right? Right. But if you've got a very, very strong range, then if you what? have like ace, king, you know, tens plus, it's okay if Antonio isn't folding any of his range. Oh, right? yeah. But that's clearly not what's going on. Right. Exactly. Maybe this is like, his, not the, I mean, you'd want to have at least a little bit of bluffs in there too. You have to have, you have to have something that isn't strong. But maybe, is it possible this is like his only, one of his very few bluffs That here? seems so very unlikely. That, that's all I got. I can't really come up with any other way to justify it. Can you? No, I can't. I mean, it, the other way to justify it is Ben Lamb's hubris. He's like, I am way better than Antonio in deep stack cash games. I'm better than everybody, actually. And I want to play post-flop. Right. That actually increases my expected value, even with hands that are speculative, because I'm just way better than these guys. I mean, that may be true, Yeah. by the way. Like, Antonio is really, really good, but I think he's really good at playing a particular type of opponent. Um, and he's really good at, like, being the celebrity. And I think Ben Lamb is the guy who's, like, putting in the hours, like, yeah. still to this day. He's the and- Wonka of these guys. Maybe. Yeah. Like he's going to be, he's going to know all the math better and he's going to understand the solver stuff better. And he's just going to do everything a little bit better. He's probably like, he's probably from a cash game point of view, the best player at the table. Now, maybe not the best live player. Like Antonio's got him probably coming and going in terms of, you know, tells and all that stuff, which maybe then evens it back out. I don't know. But but that's the only justification I can come up with. If you're Ben Lamb, you're like, it actually behooves me to get called. It's actually better to get called even by this world-class player because it's better over time for me to get called here. I mean, if he's going to do that, I guess fine. It just wouldn't occur to me not to make it at least 14,000. I know. I totally agree. And and yeah, 14,000 seems fine. Like you three and a half X. And then if Antonio wants to call, fine. And then he's going to play. It's going to be really hard for him to continue. Now, maybe Ben Lamb just knows this, though, that in position against Antonio... When Ben three bets and Antonio only calls that like Ben's just going to win a lot of money post flop because like he's got the initiative and like most boards are he's going to have a range advantage on right most of the time. And so maybe he just knows that. And so it's like an automatically profitable play with anything that's reasonable here. Maybe. And maybe he's right. But it it still seems weird to have no fold equity here. Like this is something I said when um, when we were first watching this hand. I said, I just don't understand why no one is doing this with, with fold equity anymore. Like, when you three bet, like, I watch constantly, both in tournaments and in cash games, people three bet too small, get called by someone's entire range or nearly their entire range. They're, you, like, force them to call, 
and then they lose. You, know, you lose a pot, and when you, you, you never were going to lose otherwise. And it just seems so weird to me. Like, what's the point of three betting as a bluff if you're never going to get a fold? All right, here's uh, here's a theory on this. Yeah, which is just it's a theory about like the state of no limit hold'em as it currently stands. Perhaps it became so common for three bets to get called, especially in cash games. No matter almost no matter what size they were. I mean, exorbitant sizing, sure you get a fold, but like. 3x, 3.5x sizing, getting called a lot in deep stack cash games, even with very speculative hands a lot. And maybe it's kind of pivoted to the the forward thinkers of the game thinking, okay, maybe we should treat this more like limit and use three bets to clean up equity and isolate players rather than to try to generate fold equity because the fold equity is just not there like it used to be. Maybe that's what's going on. I mean, that could be part of it. I think they would have to go hand in hand with believing that having initiative post flop and being in position are also worth so much that like you just end up printing money taking that stance. Yeah. But if that were really true, wouldn't we just see the button three bet tiny against cutoff and hijack opens like constantly? I feel like we don't. Well, you can't make a perfect analogy with limit because you open yourself up to getting blown off the hand. I'm not talking about limit. I'm talking about no limit. Right. I know what I'm I, I think I made a logical leap without. informing you or the listeners about it where like the reason that you can do it so easily and limit is because there's no way you can get blown off your hand. Like they can make it another $40 in 2040. And like, what are you going to do? Yeah. There's nothing you can do. I mean, usually though, in, in, in no limit, you're rarely going to get four bet. Right. Yeah. And so like, if you know, especially if you feel like even a player like Antonio is more likely to four bet light, but even he's not going to do it very often at all. Right. He just isn't right. It's just that the threat is there. Whereas if it were limited, it wouldn't be Ben. I'm like, I can always see a flop with Jack 10 suited, even if I three bet. Right. Whereas here, Antonio could be like, okay, I'm going to make it 29,000. And what are you going to do with this tack to pot ratio? And then then you like roll your eyes. You're like, well, that was 10,000. I I could have just called for 4,200. See the flop in position. It would have been great. Right. but it's possible Ben studied this spot enough and knows that, like, actually he makes more money by three betting small, getting called by almost everything Antonio has, if not 100%, um, and then winning post-flop versus calling 4,200. I mean, I have to believe that's what's going on, or he feels like he just has to balance here, you know? And so he's got to three bet this hand a little bit. Yeah, could be. Maybe it's just that. But well, I, still, I still am, like, find it... I still think it's... I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I might just be wrong. I might be like old school incorrect here. That's possible. But I feel like this has gone too far, this like tiny three bed yeah. thing. No, I agree. And I think usually when you think that way and it's just pure logic, it probably in the end will win out. And that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, and in classic poker guys fashion, we, we bend over backwards to try to justify a play that we don't like by a player that we respect. But yes, there's, as we said many times, there's reason for that, right? There is. I mean, but if this guy's name was Ben Schlam instead, we'd be like, this be is like, just a well, huge mistake. We'd spend a lot of time making fun of his name. And yeah. then we would say that. Yes. It's like, Schlam? Your name is Schlam? I mean, there's a lot you can Even do Rudolph that. would bully you, Schlam. <laughs> <laughs> Predictably, Antonio does not fold. He calls. Yeah. The pot is now $23,400. So, you know. The stack to pot ratio is not ideal for either of these hands, 8-4 of hearts and jack-10 of diamonds, with Ben Lamb's starting stack being at 132K, now at 122K. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I just like to say, we, we brush over this. Antonio actually can fold this fucking hand. 8-4 of hearts, out of position against Ben Lamb. He is allowed to, You're allowed to pick something. You're allowed to fold this hand. You are allowed to, price. but would you, in practice, for 5,800 more to win, I, like, 17,500? I would find it hard, but I might talk myself into it because I'm out of position as well, and it's like as crappy as it gets. Wouldn't your pride get you a little bit though? You're like, I'm you're not gonna like that. This fucking guy. I'm not like you. This this piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not built. He like thinks that. he can walk into my town. Yeah. Three bet me with my eight four hearts. I got eight four hearts over here. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make me fold. But Kabagool. I mean, the amount, of time, it, the okay. amount of times I've like rolled my eyes internally and called a bet because someone made it too small, a three bet, where I'm like, I'm pretty sure they have aces. <laughs> but I guess I have to call with this hand that is clearly not doing well against aces because nothing is. But I guess I have to call, you know, but I'm, I'm usually in position too. usually, although sometimes they price it so small, you just call anyway. Um, it's fine that he called. I'm just saying he, this is a hand he could actually decide to fold of all the hands. He yes. Has. That's all. Okay. It's actually great that he called because the flop is ace four four, Jonathan. That means Antonio flop trip fours Insane. and Ben Lamb's gonna rep the shit out of that ace, isn't he? Uh I would expect so. Yeah. So ace of spades, four of clubs, four of diamonds. It is a rainbow board. Ben Lamb does have a backdoor flush draw with Jack Ten of Diamonds. 
no point in ever leading is Antonio right. Like Ben Lamb is going to bet this flop. I mean, if Ben Lamb has kings or queens, he's not going to bet this flop every time. Maybe right? not, but and that means he's probably going to check a few other, a few misses also. But mostly, he's going to bet this flop, and I would check this. For you're sure. probably entitled to about the same amount of bets from Ben with kings or queens as you would be leading or checking. You know, because you're going to bet the turn he's going to call. Yeah, yeah. Two streets is a reasonable yeah. thing to look for there. Right. So Antonio does check. Seems totally reasonable. Ben Lamb has to bet, right? I know he whiffed, but still, it's ace 4-4. Four, four. I mean, yeah, he has two back doors. That's kind of cool. And this is his board, right? Like, Antonio can have aces, but the best ace he usually has is ace-queen, which is, you know, going to be a problem, obviously. Yeah. Um, we block ace-10 and ace-jack. And uh, how does Antonio have a four? It's, like, super hard. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's, you'd expect probably four or five and maybe three, four suited. Yeah. Maybe four, six suited. The problem is, of course, if we start to think about, well, I three bet very small. All the, all the fours are back in there, but it's only the fours he originally opened with. Right. Turns out he can have eight, four, which means he can have king, four, and queen, four suited. and Probably. Maybe all the suited fours. Maybe. <laughs> I maybe. don't know. Maybe, maybe Probably not, not nine, like four. nine, four, and ten, yeah, four. The, yeah, but probably, probably king, four suited, and maybe queen, four suited. Maybe queen, four. That's a close anyway. one. Either way, Lamb is going to bet. He of bets course. 5K. That's fine. About a fifth of the pot. Super tiny. Super tiny. No problem. This is a board that you would not expect Antonio to have many check raises on. So I know it's tempting to check raise here because Ben made it super cheap and you have trips and Ben could have an ace. Is it a wise thing to check raise or should we just call because like, how can we have a check raise on this board? We have to have a four to have a check raise, right? And like, what are the bluffs? I mean, no, I mean, of course we have bluffs. I know. It's just hard to, to put them together. The bluffs are like five, three suited. Um, maybe something with two back doors, like, like two, ben two Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. King queen of clubs or something like yeah. that, perhaps. Um, so there's, there are some bluffs you have to have. If you're going to check raise a four, I believe Antonio probably does. By the way, it's important to have check raises in your range yeah. on almost any spot. Cause if Ben knows he can bet this board with impunity and never get check raised, then he can all, and he should be betting this yeah. board too much. Right. Yeah. So we have to, we have to be able to, we have to know that he can, he has to know he can be punished for this. So, this is a pretty good time to do it when it's hard to believe we're going to have a four. And what hands do we have? Like, what are we even repping reasonably here? Like ace four suited? We're repping four, five and three, four. Yeah. Very little. Right. Yep. And, and you might think also like one, now that Ben's bet, like if we, if he's got Kings, he's checking the turn. Anyway, we may not even get value on the river. If we call, like, how are we going to get value from Kings? If he's got an ace, he's going to call. So like practically, I think it's a reasonable check raise. So you want your uh, bluff to value ratio here to be what two to one? Well, normally you would. I don't think that's true on this on this board where we have such a range. So you want it to be maybe one to one, maybe even less. So you could just check raise your. I mean, we know Antonio has eight four suited. Let's assume he has a more reasonable range. Okay. So maybe he has three four four five and four six suited, making six combos. Also ace four suited, but I don't see. Okay, let's give him ace four suited also. Okay, so that's seven combos then. Yeah. Um, then to balance that, you can just do like your king high two back door draws like king 10 suited plus uh, that, and, that, are, that have the two back doors. And probably something with uh, maybe a gut shot, you know, like the three five suited. Then, then we have too many bluffs again if you want mm-hmm. to make it one to one. We already did. I think three one. five is a better one than king queen. Because you have a straight, straight up Yeah, draw. you can actually get like you can be up against ace king and not be effectively drawing. Dead. Okay, three five suited is four combos. Then we don't have quite enough combos. We maybe yeah, we, then we can add. Maybe we just do like two king queen combos yeah. that have back doors, or maybe that's, all three. All three, because then you get seven. Yeah, that sounds fine. Yeah, something like that. There you okay. go. We did it. It's done. The poker guys did it again. Everybody, please shower us with praise and go home. <laughs> and then consider how you're going to shower us with, with praise better next time, because that was honestly pretty weak. <laughs> yeah, like come on, man. Like I have. It's a, like we're working over here, and you're just like, here's a confetti strip. Like, come on. Why don't you go light, light the way with your nose? Have you ever bastards. heard of a champagne fountain next to a chocolate fountain? That's the type of thing we're talking about here. Yeah, you know what else is good? Fondue. I mean, obviously, the fondue and chocolate fountain mix could all happen. What is fondant? You know, fondant? fondant. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a, a layer of a cake that you only mm. really use in That's cake right. when it's supposed to be like a cake that looks like something. It's like decorative. Yeah, because it, it, it tastes okay, but it's not right. as good as like the really good tasting right. cake it parts. Like holds but better, it holds right. better. Yeah. Got it. And how's it pronounced? Fondant, I think. Fondant. I so think. neither of the ways I pronounced it. I, I could you're be probably wrong. You're probably wrong. Although you grew up all elitist and stuff. so I grew up all elitist and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're like an aristocrat. I, I, I am an aristocrat. Thank you. I do have a monocle on right now. <laughs>
and I am looking down my nose at Jonathan, the plebeian. I'm used to it. (laughs) It's fine. From everybody. Rudolph the red nose reindeer. <laughs> is, are we allowed to say that? Yeah. In it's that? Uh, it's in the public domain. Are you sure? No. <laughs> okay, good. It's got to be. Does it? Because happy birthday is not. Yeah, it's true. So don't sing happy birthday. Happy. Well, bring it on, happy birthday, people. <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> Herpy blarbo of blue. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations to everybody who making, gets, gets to sing that. Making royalty jokes over here. Okay. All right. So Antonio is going to check raise. Yeah. And uh, he's mostly just hoping that Lamb has an ace. Lamb's never folding an ace against Antonio, right? And he's probably going to get another street. I think that's right. Lamb may even call with uh, some kings, pocket kings, pocket queens type hands because, first of all, just to have enough calls. Um, second of all, because Antonio isn't check raising just an ace, as we know. Antonio's yeah. check raising a four. Maybe if Antonio played ace king like yes. this preflop, maybe he would check raise that. Right. So, but if we had kings, or but the nice thing about having kings and queens is we block ace king and ace queen, especially yeah. especially kings is like perfect, yeah. right? Because Antonio having ace queen might he's probably not, not going to check raise right. that. But ace king is a very reasonable check yeah. raise here. Of course, the problem is what are we getting value from? We need we need Ben to have worse aces, basically. Yeah. So it's much better to have a four because we don't block the aces. Exactly. So it's a great spot for Antonio, but unfortunately for him, Ben has jack ten of diamonds, which means the hand's over. Oh wait, no, it doesn't. I tricked all of you yet again. <laughs> So Lamb at 5K, Antonio raised to 15,100. 3X, relatively small compared to the pop-up, whatever. We're probably fine with the sizing, right? Yeah, sure. I'm fine with the sizing. Here's the deal. Ben Lamb's going to go ahead and call with the Jack-10 of diamonds. Yeah. So I'm going to have to um, ask you to, to take the, the magic school bus into Ben Lamb's brain, in that little tiny school bus. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. Oh, I guess wrong generation. That's my generation. Okay, that's a thing. Uh, it's uh, it's a cartoon where a classroom of people led by a woman who is maybe a wizard, not entirely sure. They shrink down a school bus to like micro microscopic size and go inside of people to like Whoa. explore the body. Whoa, that's a little invasive. Do the people know there? Is it like I think the consent? people. I is think there there's consent? consent. I think there's consent. You think there's, but consent. it's like wow. late eighties, early nineties. So I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, yeah, so the magic school bus is a classroom of people. They get in a tiny school bus, well, a big school bus that becomes tiny. Yes. They go inside the people and they look at their different anatomy. They're like, hey, look at that gallbladder. Now, Mrs. Something or other, people are going to get mad at me for not knowing her name, but whatever. No one's going to get mad Mrs. at me. Mrs. Dripples yeah. uh, is going to be like, yeah, that's the gallbladder. It produces gall. I don't even know what yeah, the gallbladder clearly, is. Clearly. Bile, something with bile. Um, so anyway, let's get in that school bus. Let's use the wizard powers of this teacher. Yeah. It's going to Ben Lamb's brain. Okay. The neurons and synapses firing all about. You got to avoid them because they're electric shocks. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's dangerous in here. Yeah. Especially when he's calling this check raise because this, this neuronic situation is going crazy. Neuronic. Yeah. Wow. Where are you going in the brain? What are you finding? Okay. Explain it to me. How is he calling? How What's is- going on, Johnny? <laughs> really big setup, that question. Yeah, thanks. Long, long setup. Okay. Um, I think what's going on is this. Uh, one, Ben Lamb's aware that he is in position, and that matters a lot to him. Two, uh, he's he's very aware that Antonio's check raising value range is very very small, as we were saying. Like, there's like seven reasonable combos. Now, it turns out there's a little bit more, yeah. and maybe it's Ben Lamb. Maybe we know that that Antonio has like king four suited here and stuff like that. Yeah. So maybe we can expand that. But if we're expanding that, we know we're expanding the bluffs too, right? Right. So maybe he's got fifteen on each side or right. something. Right. But but the point is like we know Antonio isn't check raising an ace unless it's ace king. And Which, he might just not check raise that anyway. And he might four bet that pre flop. We'd expect him to four bet yeah. that pre flop a fair amount, especially when we when we threw that so small. Like especially in the positions we're in. Exactly. Yeah. Being out of position and the late position nature of the two pre flop raises. Um, so that so Ben needs to have a fair amount of calls here, I think. And he just doesn't have enough aces and made hands only to call with. When you can, when you balance that with all of the bluffs he's going to have here, he's going to have so many bluffs. He has just to call with some some of the bluffs too. Otherwise, he's just exploitable, and you can print money. He needs to have a, a better MDF, as we like to say, minimum defense frequency here. So he's got to pick some hands that kind of suck but have some speculative value still. So those are like hands that are gut shots are probably good, but there's almost no gut shots he's ever going to have here. Maybe he can have three, five suited. That's the only one. I don't think he can have two, five suited or deuce three suited. You wouldn't expect it. I don't know if he can have three, five suited, but maybe. Um, So if that's the case, now we're down to big suited Broadway as the other obvious thing to call with because you have two back doors and you're in position. You can sort of get to see what Antonio does on the turn, right? Like if, if it's a whiff, 
and Antonio checks, we can probably like if Antonio checks, we're betting. Basically, we're saying, ha ha, you were bluffing. And if Antonio bets again and we miss everything, we fold. And, you know, we sort of let, let the hand play out. But ben, ben is being sticky here. And I think it's important to be sticky against really good players. And so I think that's what's going on. Yeah. That's my best guess. But is it a good idea right now? Well, if we knew Antonio actually had it, it would not be a great idea. If we knew Antonio can have a lot of bluffs, if we actually know that, if that's true. Yeah. I don't actually know if that's true, but let's say it is. Then this is a perfectly fine idea also. Where is we've it got better to three bet? The problem is, what do we have when we three bet? Only aces, right? Ace four suited and aces. Right. And would we actually three bet those hands when we're crushing the board so hard? What, Maybe not. In position where we're only this deep? Like, we can just call. But if Antonio like, has a ton of bluffs, it doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't, except Antonio is a little bit sick. I mean, I guess you can put in the four bet. He has been known to do crazy things. Yeah. I'm thinking of a hand against David Benjamin where Antonio had deuce three of spades, you yeah. know, and did that exact thing. Four bet the turn, I believe. Uh, with no hand, no draw, I believe. Those were, those were different times. Though. Those were different that, times. That's those fair. were the blind aggression times. That's fair. I think Ben is just aware that like he keeps his, he keeps his story much... He keeps his range wider, his value range wider by not three-betting here. Three-betting yeah. is so strong, by the way. He just may have no three-bets on this board in this spot. Anyway, and he may know that. And by calling instead, he's now repping ace-queen, ace-king, ace-jack, and gets to see what happens. He's right? repping all aces because he's not folding. Yeah, right. He's not folding ace-two suited. You're right. You're yeah. right. But he's not three-betting ace-king, right? Like you're saying, it's ace-four suited, ace-ace. Uh, maybe are the quads. Only, maybe quads. Maybe quads. But all of those are pretty good candidates to not three-bet. Yeah. Quads because, is probably the best one to three-bet. Except what is Antonio check raising? Ace-king. Boy, we sure need him to have ace king. Or maybe he protects his range and calls aces. If he has ace king, why not? Why do we need to get the value now? We're going to get it later anyway. We're afraid of uh, a star coming on the turn, which is a higher card than an ace. A star, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that's that's all I can think of. Like, there's no bad card for us if we have quads. I think from when ace king gets a rainbow board, even like nothing's going to scare Antonio off. He's going to keep betting with ace king and pay us off anyway. We just yeah. have to do it. So maybe Ben's just aware. Like, I never have three bets on this board. I can't three bet. So I can call though, and. Make a play later if there's a play to be made. All right. I know I spent a long preamble setting you up to get into Ben's mindset here. Yeah. And that probably makes you overvalue his play as being legitimate. Maybe. But when we take a step back, is it still like, okay, to be calling here? <laughs> um, I do think there's something to be said for minimum defense frequencies against people, against players who are going to check raise you a lot and put you in a lot of weird I, I mean, if you're Ben Lamb and you are three betting a ton of ASEX suiteds and, and just like ace 10 plus, then yeah. I don't think you need to add too much in after that. You have a ton of combos. It's possible Ben Lamb isn't betting a lot of his bad aces on this maybe. board, though. He's probably maybe. checking almost all. Like He's betting like ace jack plus here, maybe. Maybe that's true. Maybe. So, so now, again, we're back to like, well, I have a million bluffs and a few aces, and that's it, you know? So, yeah. so then he feels like he just has to hold on with these things. Well, whatever happens, Ben Lamb does hold on with the Jack 10 of diamonds on the ace four, four, one diamond board. He is in rough shape against Antonio. Yes, he is. And you know, eating better and exercise will, will fix that. Yes. In the future, it will. In the future, also nitrogen sports will be your overlords because of their incredible yes. deals and the way the players love them so much. They're going to, the players are just going to hand over all governance to yeah. them as a result. And it'll be a good, it's like the benevolent dictatorship that we've all been seeking. I mean, for a while, yeah. it'll be good. Yeah. And then, of course. And then the nitrogen sports sun is going to take <laughs> over and that guy's going to be a spoiled dick and like, what it's going to ruin everything. Yeah. As it always does. But let's enjoy the good years, huh? Okay. I mean, it's going to be probably decades of, you know, milk and honey until we get to the dark time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's just enjoy ourselves. You okay. Know? It's even more important when we know the bad times are coming. <laughs> That's right. But so part of the good times is if you use the link in the description that gets you to Nitrogen Sports and you sign up there, the description of this podcast, of course, you get access to the Poker Guys specials, which every month manifests as a special tournament. They also do other stuff sometimes, you know, yeah. related to not just poker, but also, you know, NFL survivor pools, things like that, fantasy sports. Um, but Nitrogen also, of course, is super good for poker. <laughs> Yeah. Explain why, Jonathan. Well, because I have no mental capacity. Left. I can tell. Yeah. Grant just had a kid and yeah, I just had no a kid longer and didn't I, think straight. No, the, uh, the hours are different. Yeah. Um, so what's up is this. First of all, they've got cash games. They've got tournaments, all the normal stuff. But they also have our famous, world famous, I would say universe famous, Poker Guys tournament, which happens at the end of every month. Yeah. Gleep Glop on Amulon 9 loves it. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Gleep Glop. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, 
It's at the end of every month. It's a thousand buy-ins guaranteed. They cap the amount of players at 300, which means there's guaranteed 700 extra buy-ins in there, often way more because we usually get like 200 players. It's kind of crazy, y'all. And all you have to do is use the link in this description of the podcast to sign up for Nitrogen to have access to that fabulous tournament. Let's be real for a second. Let's, okay, let's like, like, take it down. Like the original real world, like when people stop, whatever they said, stop being fools and start yeah, I don't remember anymore. reeling out. Start being real, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's do reeling one of those. Out. Okay, here we go. Let's be real. Big so moment. the price of Bitcoin is, is high. Yes. As at the time exciting. of this recording, unless there's a magnificent no drop way. between now I'm calling and, it right now. Okay. It's fine. It's still high. So at the time of this recording, it's around $23,500 yeah. for a Bitcoin. That means that the guarantee in this tournament is like $2,350. Yeah. And that means that the overlay is like a lot of that money. <laughs> it's more than two thirds of that money. Yeah. So let's be real for a second and get in this tournament while you can, because I can't imagine that as Bitcoin continues going up, nitrogen is going to keep giving you this much of an overlay. Yeah. They're going to always give you an overlay. It's always going to be great, but this is getting a bit out of hand. This is the overlay is like guaranteed like $1,650 and practically more like $1,800 they're putting into the pot. Like right now. Yeah. I mean, that's beyond insane. And just why would you turn it down? It costs, it costs like $2 to play because it's a tenth of a millibit to play. It's fun. It's fast. It takes like less than two hours to play. It's just a winner on all fronts. You got to get in there and get you some poker. Yeah. And it will always be there for you. It just might not be there this good forever. Yeah. You know, like nitrogen might wise up and be like, let's maybe make that 500 millibits. <laughs> I mean, there was back in the day when Bitcoin wasn't worth as much. It used to be a Bitcoin guarantee. Yeah. How about that? That would be a lot. Oh, those are the days of Bitcoin guarantee tournaments. Anyway, anyway, it's a crypto time right now. It sure is. And Nitrogen Sports is your crypto overlord. <laughs> so bow down. Submit. <laughs> Peasants. And let's continue. Okay. All right. So we've got Ben Lamb with Jack 10 of Diamonds having floated the check raise on the flop. Ace 4-4, four, four, one diamond board. Antonio's got 8-4 of hearts for trips. Almost 60K on the pop. 59,600. The turn is the three of diamonds. So Ben does turn a flush draw. Yeah. Antonio's going to keep betting. Do you see any reason for him not to? Oh, he has to bet. Yeah. Because if he checks, Ben may check back some of his bad aces for sure. Um, now, again, Ben may not have bet his bad aces on the flop, but, but Ben's going to check back everything that isn't like ace, king, ace, queen, I think, on the turn anyway. He might even check those because he feels like Antonio's pretty polarized now. And what's the point of betting on the turn? And said bluff catch and or try and get value on the river. Okay. So here's one of those math scenarios that can happen when you take the line that Ben Lamb has taken so far where you're like, well, I didn't have to be in this spot. Yeah. Where now Ben Lamb has the jack-high fluster on a paired board, which is not ideal in the first place in a lot of ways. Yeah. Antonio bets 29300 into 59600 Yep. Ben is not getting the right price to call to see the river, especially on a paired board with the reverse implied odds that are implicit there. It's a weird one, though, because while we're talking about reverse implied odds, there aren't that many hands that Antonio reasonably has that are problematic in terms of reverse implied odds, right? Like, well, it's three, isn't like I Ant- mean, 3-4 suited was one of yes, the ones we Yes, 3-4 suited is, and I guess there's ace-4 yeah. also, but it's really only, I think it's only ace-4 suited this yeah. year. And there aren't too many of those, right? Because uh, I think there's one. Okay. So just saying combo-wise, there's very few combos that have us drawing dead here. Right. There's still two combos of 3-4 suited. Okay, so there's three combos total that have a drawing dead. Yeah. I guess Antonio, once in a blue moon, can have quads. I, maybe he check raises with quads. Uh, maybe he could have ace-king of diamonds. That is a drawing dead. Oh, that's a good point. That's actually a good point. He could have, maybe he could have that hand. Maybe he could have aces once in a while, too, and have check raised, yeah. um, and we're drawing dead to that. But these are, there's very few of those, right? Um, so I would say there still is like pretty good implied odds, because every time Antonio actually has a four, like he has, and we hit our flush we're probably going to get paid pretty well. So that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. We're, we're not getting the right immediate odds to call you. No, the right. immediate odds are certainly not good enough. But they're not wildly off. We're getting three to one. We need four to one, right? Although that's assuming that we're not losing to a full house right yeah. now. And also, by the way, as that's, you're that's saying... That's assuming it's 100% clean, right? Yes. And it's, it can't be 100% clean because if a diamond comes on the river, that could make Antonio's yeah. full house. Like the king of diamonds comes on the river, we can't fold, right. even though king four suited's got to be in Antonio's By the way, here. if the eight of diamonds comes on the river, that's exactly what will happen. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. that, so, you're, so maybe... So I'm saying four to one is what we need. We need a a little better than that, yeah. actually. But th- but the idea is like there is implied odds here. There's what another 75k back if we were to call this, which is you know another two and a half x on top. So now we're really getting like five. We can think of it like we're getting five and a half 
to one. And we're in position, which means Antonio, if he's bluffing, might blast off. It's on not the exactly river. five and a half to one. You can't think about it that way mathematically because of the reverse implied odds involved. If the eight of diamonds comes, we lose that seventy-five. K. Right, right. But I'm saying, but we if we needed to have four to one, ultimately the eight of, we're getting five and a half, so that covers the eight of diamonds coming right like it's okay because we're getting a good enough price that it's okay that the eight of diamonds okay. is one of routes now we get we lose all the money when it it's comes. all very precarious completely agree um i don't think we can call the flop and fold on this card on the turn is it better just to move in then because mm. if we think antonio has a fair amount of bluffs here because clearly we do we would never call the flop if we thought antonio only had value right um that's for sure yes now we might think though antonio is giving up a lot on the turn once we call the flop I, I can't imagine that's possible. Ben Lamb probably has a ton of aces in his range that Antonio is going to know are going to call, and he's going to have to keep betting. If Antonio check raises the flop, he knows that Ben has tons of aces in his range. Right? But he's also going to call the turn with a lot, right? I mean, is Antonio going to check raise the flop expecting Ben to fold all the time? Like, he's, he has a multi-street plan on an ace-high board for sure. Yeah. A lot of the time. Like, right. But, but like sometimes that this is the kind of board where you might just get a bunch of folds from Ben. If Ben has, you know, two Broadway cards like he has, uh, you might get a lot of folds there, right? You might. Not always. But really. you, your goal cannot just be Ben has a whiff and I'm only going to get him to fold his whiffs if you're Antonio and you check raise with a bluff on this flop. Right. right? But, it, but it's a way. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, still, Antonio can't continue 100% or anything close to it. He's going to give up with some of his bluffs on the turn, right? Of course, probably some of them, but he's certainly going to have a lot of continuation, though. Okay, Um, that's not that can't be wrong. Uh, I mean, I but like we can sort of sit back and look as Ben and be like, well, Antonio's probably continuing with all fours bluffs and maybe full houses, right? Like that's pretty much it. Uh, Maybe Ace King. Um, So like some of the bluffs. So like every time he checks, I almost always get to win right away. Right. And, uh, and I only call if I, like, improve my equity. Okay, but now we're on the turn. Yeah, we improved and our equity. We did improve our equity, but... Go on. Nah, I guess, I guess that's not really what we're talking about. What, what we were talking about is... I don't even know what we're talking about because my, wow. my brain is truly Jeez, broken. That's, that's pretty bad. So we're talking about uh, should Ben Lamb call this turn because Antonio bets... Right, right. Well, that's the original thing we're talking about. I was trying to figure out the subset. Well, five, oh, we were saying he was getting five and a half to one. Right, right. Because we're assuming we're going to get it all on the river a lot of the time. Oh, since it was based on, bluff all okay, it was based on the question of if he should move in right now. And you were right. worried that Antonio wouldn't have enough bluffs for us to move in effectively here versus calling. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because he's going to check some of his bluffs. Yeah, that's, okay. what, you, that's what you were thinking. Um, I don't really remember that, but sure. Galaxy Brain, go ahead. <laughs> so... I don't know. I feel like I am kind of of the mind that if we're going to continue in this hand, shoving is better. Okay. Because a big part of our plan had to be that Antonio has bluffs. Right. Okay. It had to be. Right. right? And like, we don't get there on the river that often. And when we do, we could lose more money if Antonio has it anyway. This is not a bad point. And the fact that it's 75,000 back, if if we were to like, you know, call. So we'd be moving in for 75,000 more is kind of cool because it is fold equity for sure. If Antonio has a four, we're getting snapped. And it's going to cost us money. But there's cool things that can happen here. Like if Antonio turned to flush draw himself, which is not impossible, yeah. we can fold that out. Yep. Sometimes it's going to be a better flush draw than what we have. So that's kind of great. Yeah. Um, also means we're not going to get bluffed on the river. Now we have Jack High, but like if we both have terrible hands, we get to win instead of him. Yeah. If Antonio is 3 5 suited, check raise the flop, turn to three, and it's like, I guess I continue because what else am I going to yeah. do? Like we get to win. He's not going to call. Right. right? So there's a, there's, this is a good point. Like moving in is maybe better. If we were a lot deeper, I would worry about moving in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But we're not deep. I feel like it's the right stack to move yeah, in. Yeah, that's fair. And it's, we're repping fine. Like we could easily have big hands. Oh my God. We can have, like we can probably move in with as little as ace king if we really wanted to. Yeah. Although I wonder what's actually calling us that's worse when I say that. Yeah. Like... Ace queen, ace queen, I guess could take this, could take this line, but might find a fold if it took this. It line. might. So that's the problem. So maybe the, we can't move in with ace. Well, queen. it doesn't really matter because when we're moving in, it's not that much about what we're repping. Even though I'm the one who brought up the repping thing, it's really like if Antonio has a bluff, he's folding no matter what. It's right. not, he's not like, well, I have eight nine of spades, but you're not doing a good job repping a big hand, so no. I call. Like, no, I mean, no, it's only like three five is like the only hand that he would have to think about. It should be everything else should be like a pretty straightforward insta call, insta fold yeah. spot. So that's a good point. Yeah, so I think I, I slightly prefer moving into anything else. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think my second favorite thing might be to fold, even though I know we turned equity and we had this grand plan. 
But I think if we had the grand plan, now's the time to enact the grand yeah, plan. Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, I don't know if I like folding better than calling as the second option, but probably the first option is, is just the best option. Yeah. So. Anyway, Ben Lamb calls. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm okay with it. Okay. Pot's 118K now. Ben's got 75K back. Yeah. The river's the nine of diamonds. Poker's fun. Hello, Ben Lamb. You get there with your flush. Do I have to pay royalties on that now? It depends. Is that part of the happy birthday song? I don't know the whole song. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anymore. There's so many verses. You yeah. Know. It's one of those things where you're like, I thought that was like a 35 second song, yeah. but actually it's like Mozart's 13th. It goes on. It seriously, there's something like 15 verses to happy birthday. Really? Like, that's not even a joke. Yeah. Like, okay. look it up, people. I'd rather not. Well, do it anyway. All right. So Lamb has made his flush. Antonio is sitting there with trips. Oh, man. And only 75K effective. I mean, do you just move in as Antonio yes. and hope you get called by a big ace? You have to move in. You have to, because if he's got ace king, he's, he might check it back. Uh, thinking like, what am I getting value from now? Yeah. Like you pray Antonio is ace king and ace queen and played it exactly this way and calls. Like, yeah. I think you have to move in to guarantee you're getting called by whatever ace Ben Lamb has. He might fold, but he might. But like, we don't have very many diamonds. Yeah. It's possible, but we don't have that. Like for 75K, he may just like ace, king, ace, queen, just going to feel obligated to call maybe ace, jack too. Yeah. Ace, jack is a, is a tougher spot. It is, but Ben Lamb has a flush. Antonio does move in, and Ben can't fold for this no. price. Now Ben has to call, and we can all agree. A move in here is terrible by Ben. He should just call. <laughs> he calls. Yeah. And uh, Ben would have made the amount of money, the same amount of money, whether or not he moved in on yes. the turn or did it this way. So in the end, it all works out. Uh, and Antonio, you know, not a fun time when you see the Jack 10 of diamonds get turned over. Oh man. That's such a rough, when you get insta called there, you're like, Oh, you had aces. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And you had aces. Like that's on, that's just a cooler. You're right. Although he'd complain about that too. Antonio likes to complain. Ah, not compared to people like Phil Helmuth. But. No, but like, no, he doesn't complain about the players. He complains about the luck. It's yeah. different. Actually. Yeah. But he does like to complain about the luck. And now, so like, honestly, eight, four against aces, he'd probably complain about the luck, but this is, this is a tougher one. This to is pretty unlucky. Yeah. This is a rough one. And you did bet pot on the turn, right? No. No, you bet half pot on the no. turn, right? <laughs> this is the thing. Antonio, if he wanted, could have sized up a bit more on the turn. We didn't even talk about that. As a I mean, you're not so concerned about a flush draw. No, no, no. But like you could... Yeah, it's true. There's really nothing to be protecting against yeah. in theory, right? And that, you're just trying to get value from... Because you, you can move in the river. Right. You're trying the to move in he chose is way better to get call-call from Big Ace. No, you're right. I agree. I mean, he's probably getting called by a Big Ace either way, honestly, but... I agree. This is good sizing because of that. You're not thinking about a flush draws being in play, and he shouldn't be. This was very unlucky. It was, but unless you're Ben Lamb, then you're like, guess Benny gets to golf a little more, huh? <laughs> Benny going to take a day off. Ooh-wee. That's, not, that's nope. not Ben Lamb. That's Mr. Poopy Butthole. Yes, it is. But maybe Mr. Poopy Butthole is based on Ben Lamb. We don't have confirmation either way. I haven't asked. Yeah. So we'll figure that out before, before the next podcast. I'll ask. Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs>